Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Una Chaplin, and I'm the host of a new podcast called Hollywood Exiles. It tells the story of how my grandfather, Charlie Chaplin, and many others were caught up in a campaign to root out communism in Hollywood. It's a story of glamour and scandal and political intrigue and a battle for the soul of a nation. Hollywood Exiles from CBC Podcasts and the BBC World Service. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com We might just be in France, but this is global. These players are icons, their stories are noble. In fact, each story into the game is gotten. Hey yo, I'm Heath. And I'm Monkey. And this is Football Inside Out, a podcast from Copa 90. We're coming to you every day from the Copa 90 Clubhouse in Paris, bringing all the excitement from the 2019 Women's World Cup in France. And today, Copa 90's very own Beck Smith met Nigeria's Asasat Ashawala, uh, the man in the know, Ellie is also bringing you everything you really need to know about the teams in the tournament. Today, Nigeria and Norway ahead of their game tonight. But first, we've got a little recap from last night's game, France versus Korea, and uh, it will be included in the five things that you need to know during the day and during the tournament today. All right, let's get into it. Football Inside Out by Copper 90. All right, so Monkey is at the stadium for the opening match, so it's just me here, but... We're going to hear from her about the acronym that is on everyone's lips outside and around this stadium. So here it is. So yeah, there's a first use of VAR in the tournament. Um, it came as the second goal went in, which was disallowed. A volley from France's number 11, which is actually probably my favourite goal of the whole match. Unfortunately, it was offside only just. Uh, the ref called in for VAR assistance. Um, it took a really, really long time for them to decide what the call was. A lot of waiting around from the fans, a lot of whistling from them, a lot of just walking around on the pitch from the players. But it did come to the right decision and uh, they resumed. But it was a 4-0 win in the end. Wow, so there it is. VAR, monkey at the opening match uh, between France and 
Korea Republic, burning up the first minute of our five minutes of the five things you need to know going into every day, but that is one. Number two, France uh, were incredible on the high press today. They won the ball so high up the pitch that it caused a lot of grief for Korea Republic, leading to uh, their opening goal. Uh, the other thing about the match, which they ended up winning 4-0, if you didn't already know, was set pieces are killers in tournaments. France scoring two of them, three, with the uh, third one being called off, or I guess it would have been the first one, but one of them being called off due to offside and VAR. A great call by the team, but again, sort of a vibe killer, it seemed like, at least watching from, from TV, a vibe killer, um, in terms of how long it took, but obviously you don't want to make a mistake. It's the opening match of the tournament. The stakes are high. Take the time that you need to. They got it right. Ultimately, France dominated this match from start to finish. It's not the type of... Yeah, it's great for the the, the, the home team, but you ultimately would have wished that uh, Korea would have put up a biggest or a bigger uh, fight. The next thing you need to know, which is the third thing on our five things you need to know going into every single day, is the amount of tickets sold is almost at one million. So you put that together with almost one million tickets sold, for this tournament, add that to an opening win, a 4 0 win, a dominant win from the host country. And it's starting to create that recipe for success that you want, right? You want to rally that home country. You want to rally everyone around that. And so when the home team wins, you add that to a good amount of tickets sold. And we might just start to see that number continue to tick up as we head through the group stages, hopefully so. But it seems like at least here uh, at the clubhouse, it was an electric atmosphere mixed with people from all over the world. But again, just like World Cup last year, when that home team kicks it off, everybody becomes French, everyone becomes local, and everyone starts to rally behind the fact that we're going to have this beautiful celebration over the next 30 days. Number four uh, that you need to know going into today is that there's three big matches, right? We went to some, we started with one match. Everybody honed in, tuned in to the opener. But we've got Germany versus China, Spain versus South Africa, and Norway versus Nigeria. Norway and Nigeria, the two previews that you're going to hear from our man, Ellie Minjum, later in the episode. And the fifth thing that you need to know, Eden Hazard, pending a medical, has made a move to Real Madrid for the fee of 100 million euros. And if you don't work in the euro currency, here are some other ways of interpreting the amount it costs to transfer Eden Hazard to Real Madrid. 89 million pounds or $114 million. And if you don't like that and you want another currency, it is 12 billion Japanese yen. So we have it covered for you. You know, we don't have a sponsor for this segment on how to do currency exchanges, but we are very good with the calculator. So that is what it costs in multiple currencies to send Eden Hazard from Europa League champions to Real Madrid. But yeah, now we're going to get to the rest of the episode. A whole new day of action at the Women's World Cup today. And our man, Ellie Menjum, has got the inside score. Here's what you really need to know about Nigeria. Thanks, Heath. Yeah, continuing the team previews, we now move on to Group A's Nigeria. Having successfully qualified for all seven Women's World Cups beforehand, more than every other African nation combined, Nigeria, Africa's ultimate female football powerhouse, were never going to miss out on France 2019. And they qualified in style by winning the 2018 African Women's Nations Cup, their 11th title and third in a row. But despite their dominance on the continent, the Super Falcons, as their nickname goes, have only ever made it out of the World Cup group stage once, all the way back in 1999. But as the worst ranked side in the group, it's hard, but not impossible, to see them repeating that feat this time around. But here's what you really need to know about Nigeria. Inside Inside School. 
Whilst on the pitch, it's been business as usual for the Nigerians at the last three African Women's Nation Cups. Sadly, off the pitch, it's also been business as usual, thanks to the Nigerian FA's administrative and financial issues that are seemingly endemic within the country's football governance. First, there was news reports of the paltry pay the women received on the back of qualification for the tournament, a reported 50 US dollars each, in stark contrast to the 4,000 US dollars the men's team received just for a draw. But even this pittance didn't come through. And though they would have been well within their rights to refuse to attend the tournament, the players took the high road and went to Cameroon, winning the tournament once again, which of course resulted in tournament winning fees of 23,000 US dollars per player. Those winnings on top of the qualification earnings still not paid, meant the money owed to the players was in excess of 7 million US dollars. And so, after returning to Nigeria with the trophy and parading it around the streets of the Nigerian capital Abaju, the women, showing the same courage and determination they showed on the pitch, finally took matters into their own hands, taking the trophy hostage and staging a hotel sit-in, refusing to leave until they were paid what they were owed. After their cause went public, the Super Falcons received support from all across Nigerian society. And when the news reached the country's president, Muhammadu Buhari, the case was resolved instantly, with Buhari telling the Nigerian FA to pay the players so as to end the embarrassment. Having stood up to their own bosses in such a heroic manner, there's no doubt nothing will face the Super Falcons in pursuit of breaking their group stage curse. And anything beyond that would be considered a huge success for the side. To accomplish that task, however, they'll start with one of the toughest teams in the entire tournament in Norway. Wow. Have you ever taken matters into your own hands in the way that they did? Um, well, not in the way they did, but on the scale that they did, holding the trophy hostage in a hotel? No, I've never done that. But when I was um, a teenager, I got a letter from the FA telling me that I had to stop playing football with the boys. Really? Yeah. And there wasn't a girls team in, in my school. Because when you get to a I don't know if this still happens. My friend got the same letter, actually. When you get to a certain age, they basically say, say you know, you're changing. Maturity is, like, changes you like physically and you shouldn't play with boys anymore because it's dangerous. And all the boys went up to the headmaster's office with me and basically said that we won't play anymore if you, if you don't let her play, as in me. And how did, that, how did it play out? So what happened was we had to get permission from each school team that we played if they would allow me to play against their boys within our boy team. Were there, were there teams that, that were like, nah? Some said no, yeah. Really? Yeah, some said no. Some said yes. It was like a mix, mixed bag. But yeah, wow. Let's, I, I guess that's the closest I, I, thing. We should, we should track down the names of these schools and the people <laughs> who made those decisions. And, you know, not that we're going to you know, hold, it, hold, hold, it, hold them to a, a different standard now, but we're going to go back and ask them how they feel about that now. <laughs> yeah. That's messed up, though. Yeah. I mean, this is uh, over... 15 years ago is that my age yeah is it was it traumatizing for you though like was it a big deal it was just or were you annoying. sort of yeah. it was just really annoying because i had nowhere to play like i went to a sports school i got a scholarship to play sport but the sport that i loved to play i couldn't even play and the sport that i was best at i couldn't even play i was sort of going through chelsea academy at the time and i and i couldn't even play football i played hockey that's so which I also did love, but not as much, not nowhere near as much. I just like did it because it was the only thing to do. Field hockey? Field hockey, okay. yeah. yeah. Yeah, not ice for, hockey. For, for, oh, for, for, for our international audience, US specific, <laughs> uh, what is field hockey? Field hockey is hockey played on a grass pitch or AstroTurf pitch. Obviously no skates. 
But the 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 the, 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 the is it a stick? Stick. Yeah. Looks like a like a candy cane kind it of. It does right? look like a candy cane. Yeah. yeah. So basically, we're just running around with giant candy canes <laughs> yeah. all year round, not just at Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Can you hit each other with it? Like no, with the you sticks? cannot. You There's can, no hitting with no sticks. No hitting. No, that would be, you'd definitely be arrested for that. I think. Arrested. But, see what people, I mean, that would go it's down like a, as like a, a felony. Yeah, felony. Yeah. yeah. Assault with a deadly <laughs> Assault, weapon. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Also crazy that we got onto field hockey. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, sorry for my curiosity that took us off topic but it seems with this nigerian team obviously so dominant in in africa but but such a tough group for them to come into mm-hmm. with they have the momentum they've clearly taken matters into their own hands and demanding more respect but just the way to start this 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 to come into a group like this in the world cup is going to be difficult right yeah but um they have a great player who plays for barcelona who um I'm really excited to watch, actually. One of the players I'm excited to watch. I haven't, I haven't seen her play before. Bex is going to tell us a little bit more about her later on when she went to interview her. If you, if you don't know already, uh, Bex, who we're speaking of, is our executive global director of the women's game. Yep. She's a retired international footballer. was actually nominated as a finalist for World Player of the Year at one point in her career. Oh, really? Humble brag by me to be her friend. I hope she would call me her friend. But she's here <laughs> with us all, all month long here in France, but yeah, she got to spend some time um, and we'll hear that in a little bit. But yeah, that's a little bit about Bex, just to tee that up here soon. I remember telling her one weekend I missed my first penalty. And she was like, and I was like, I literally couldn't like sleep after. And this was only in a, a league game. And she was just like, oh yeah, I missed a penalty once in a, in, it was like a major, major tournament. And I was like, yeah, that makes me feel much better. <laughs> <laughs> you sleep fine now. Yeah. Yeah. There's levels to it. But yeah, Bex is from California, actually. Yeah, she is. But she yeah. played for the Ferns. Yeah. Who we had, um, who I had the pleasure of watching train before the England game, before they beat them 1 0, just before the World Cup started. It was really interesting. She was the last generation's version of Ali Riley. Yeah, yeah, so, who's captain. From California, New Zealand heritage. Yep. Play for New Zealand. There's a lot of players like that in the World Cup. There's a lot of players that were born somewhere else, but obviously their heritage is from another country and they've ended up playing for that country. Um, I know there's a, another Californian who plays for Thailand. Really? Yeah, really young striker. Is it the girl Ashley Hall? Is that who it is? I mean, that sounds like a very untie name. (laughs) That could be. But yeah, we've got so many fun, uh, not even necessarily fun, but interesting and entertaining features with so many players that we're going to be rolling out uh, for all of you listeners all tournament long. We've got so many that we, we're, we're having trouble fitting them in right now into the schedule because yeah. every story is so unique and so so diverse from all different countries in the world. We didn't just stick to trying to chat with the, the stars of the Lionesses and the US team. We've, we've tried to get a, a sample and taste of what everyone's going through and all the experiences everyone is seemingly sharing with us. So it's pretty great. It's a good problem to have, isn't it? Yeah. We sat down earlier and we were like, Oh, we've got all these features. What are we going to do with them? Gosh. Yeah, poor us. Cry me a river. We just started a podcast. It's our second day, and we've got 25 <laughs> interviews with the best players in the world. Poor us. Where do we put them into the schedule? No, but really exciting stuff. Actually, because you know, you and I have split up a lot of them. We've used Bex and others in, in places that they've been to, to, to spend time with some of these players. So a lot of them I haven't heard, you haven't heard, and it really allows us to hear them for the first time and, and react naturally on this. And that's the unique part about being on a podcast this is this is my first time doing a podcast uh as a host so getting getting to experience all this has been been quite exciting and 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 getting to hear things in real time and and react in a real way uh, is very different than a lot of the video stuff i've done in the past where you've heard the story 50 times and then it breaks and then you got to go 
Ooh. <laughs> yeah, Big radio story. is different too. Yeah. Like, you have to repeat a lot of stuff if it's pre-recorded yeah. or like even live radio, they're like, say this at this time in between this minute and this minute and underneath this bed, over this bed and do not speak anywhere else. It is forbidden. But a podcast, it's like, man, you're just chatting, aren't you? It's great. Yeah. That was a very strong forbidden. That was like a Harry Potter, like, <laughs> don't go in here. It's forbidden. You are forbidden. Sounded like, actually, sounded like uh, I went and saw uh, Aladdin in oh, the West End. You love the theater, don't you? I don't necessarily love the theater. I, I go to one Loves show it. and now I've been labeled as Loves a it. theater lover. But it sounded a lot like the uh, the voice of when uh, they go into to seek for the treasure to find the the lamp. Oh yeah, it's very much the same voice. Well, you maybe. could get a job and yeah, it's just the VO. You don't have to. Oh okay. Yeah. So if this falls through, I can always do Aladdin's cave voice. Whoa! Don't give up on us yet. It's not falling <laughs> through. I think you'll be fine. But if you wanted to moonlight as a VO in Aladdin, just I can say, imagine you as in a football musical. Heath. Football musical. Yeah. Bend it like Beckham. I think there might have been a Bend It Like Beckham in the theater, you know? I think so. Yeah. Because I saw, because of my passion for theater, I was on the internet (laughs) looking for uh, other shows to go to. And I had seen something of Bend It Like Beckham and there was some sort of relation to a cast member of Aladdin was in Bend It Like Beckham. And I didn't fully research it to see if it was the film or if there was an actual onstage or live performance of it. But I think there was. I'm sure if you haven't seen it yet, you'll probably see it soon. Yeah. By the way, the clubhouse looks amazing now. It's finished. Yesterday, it was just kind of like in bits and pieces and people were putting stuff up and there was some work going on while we were doing the podcast and now it's all done. It looks absolutely amazing. Yeah, the first thing I thought when I came in today was like, I feel bad for calling this like the submarine yesterday and (laughs) everything that was going on. If you guys heard yesterday's podcast, you might have heard a little bit of background sound, but production teams did such a great job of making it seem like we were in just a fully up and running place, but we we were kind of a grip it and rip it scenario yesterday and now I feel bad for saying the things that I said I can't say them. It wasn't about our production team. They did a great job. But, you know, there was a little bit of what seemed like uh, drilling going on, though I've seen nothing in the in our building that needed drilling. It was just somebody like somebody. I think they're a, pretending to work when they're yeah. just passing time. Like somebody just on a, on a drill. <laughs> <laughs> we sat in a room, a very, very long room, and it's um, all photos that have been taken on disposable cameras of some of the teams that are involved in the tournament. So it's kind of like a real inside scoop of like their daily lives and the sort of characters that they are as well because they're taken by players themselves. So they seem very relaxed and just like very normalized in, in a way. Sometimes we look at athletes as these big sort of superstars, but they're all just like sound, normal people. Yeah. Humanize them. That's what we're trying to do. Is it, and that's always been the, 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 the thing that's going on, especially with uh, the world so connected that the, and, and everything's so intense now that the ability to humanize these superstar athletes is such an important thing to keep fans and, and the players close together because for so long they were separated and just allows you to know that, yeah, they're, 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 pushing movements in so many different ways and pushing the sport forward, but they go home and they hang out with their friends and they do normal things just like us. And it's important to remember that connection. And I think some of these cool images kind of capture that, that they're, oh yeah, they do take off their cape when they get home and they put on pajamas and they dance around uh, the living room. I'm just talking about me to personally. Aladdin. Yeah, to Aladdin uh, <laughs> for the theater people out there. But yeah. Yeah, and I think the women's game, especially at the moment, is in a place where like these players are still accessible. With a men's game like some of them just feel like they're so far out of reach for the everyday sort of person but because the women's game is where it is at at the moment um it's almost like they're 
more than willing to like tell their stories and come on board with projects and stuff like that. So it's cool. Yeah, that's why I got into the podcast thing. I just thought that I was getting so detached from the fan, you know, <laughs> the millions and millions of fake followers I bought on social media. I just, just felt like we didn't have much in common. So I wanted to get back to the, close to the people again for all 10 people. All those my, bots. My, yeah, all those bots and then my parents and <laughs> my three close friends that are the real engagers on my social media platforms. But also, by the way, shameless plug here, but use the hashtag uh, COPA90InsideOut to send us voice notes and send us messages. We want to share those on the podcast. You can tell us that we're doing an absolute shit, shit job or a great job or things that you're noticing around the tournament or anything you want to talk about, even if you know it has nothing to do with football. We'll see if we can get them on if, if you're lucky. Um, but yeah, send so it our way. I think it's time for our first sort of inside scoop into a player. Um, like we said, Beck Smith, part of our team, she um, went over to Spain, I think, um, and interviewed uh, Asisat Ashawala. I said that right? Whew. Well done. 10 points. Yeah. Um, so let's get into it. These are the icons. Hey, this is Bex, and I'm super excited to be in Barcelona where Asisat Ashawala has invited me to the Barcelona training grounds where the men and the women are training. Sun is shining, the birds are singing, and I wanted to ask Asisat, what is it like to be a female footballer growing up in Nigeria? Where I grew up from, I really don't have like, a, we don't have a lot of female players. It was just like me, you know. Before I didn't even know we have their female players. Yeah, I don't know there are female players in my, in my my vicinity, like the area I stayed, I didn't know we have family players, so I always play with the bands. Sometimes on Sundays, I play with older men, you know, it's always interesting. They all want me to be on their team because I always like patch and scoggles and do all of that. So when I come, sometimes, even if I'm I'm still at home, they just call me that, don't worry, you're on my team, blah, blah, blah. So I'm always joking, you know. Because <laughs> no. on Sundays, we play like on the streets, we don't have pitch or whatever, this is like what we use. So it's always interesting. Sunday morning until like 12 o'clock or 1 o'clock. I go to sleep and come back in the evening again. Like no. So because it's just for fun, nothing serious. I didn't have it in mind to play football professionally, you know. It's just um, something I just do for fun. Play with the men's after school hours. And I was like the sport prefect in my school. So I always love to play football with them. And then after my, my school and then I joined an academy team, yeah. And then they had the opportunity of playing in the league. So we played against a couple of big teams in, in the league mm -hmm. in Nigeria. One of them was Rivers Angels. They said, oh my God, this girl, we want on our team and all that. Okay. I'll speak with my parents because yeah. I know they would definitely say no. Really? Yeah. Why? Because they don't even want me to play football. <laughs> I <laughs> just not? do it for fun. Sometimes when I see my dad and I'm playing football, I have to like run and tell my friend, tell him you don't see me. <laughs> tell him you've not even seen me today. <laughs> That's what I tell them. So when he's just passing by and then he asks them if they see me, if I'm here or something, they'll say, no, they've not seen me today. And then when I finish playing, I wash my feet, clean up, and then go back home. Like, okay, where are you coming from? No, I went to get something. Okay. They're my biggest fan, my dad and my mom. Sometimes when we have football, they are always the ones calling me before the game or no, after the game. That's they are crazy. my biggest fan now. They support me now to play football. I mean, it's my profession, so yeah. they have no choice. <laughs> <laughs> it's what I've chosen. So. That's what you do, huh? How famous are you when you go home now? 
<laughs> for me i don't work alone really yeah. what do you mean yeah like i need to have people around me to like stop some of the guys to come close to me and no. all that, that not like they can't come close to me but you know some people are just too rough they are your fan but they're too rough so i have to like go out with like securities or some sometimes just sometimes depends on the place i go to not everywhere yeah okay so i want to ask you about the world cup because obviously we're gonna be like doing a lot of really cool stuff during the world cup mm-hmm. but you have your first game is against norway i feel like uh, there'll be a lot of upsets there's really gonna be like some teams you never expect to win some games and then it's gonna be like an upset so the top teams and all that like nigeria get into the finals yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you think yeah. you guys can make it to the final? Yeah, why not? I mean, we have a good team. It's yeah. just we have good players. Yeah, just to build a new a good team is what I think we we lack right yeah. now. Yeah, building yeah. a good team is what we need. But the players, we definitely have the players. Hashtag Copper Ninety Icons. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. That was cool. Yeah. I like the little story of her having to wash her feet before she went home to hide it from her dad that she's been playing football. That's amazing. I also I, I also really like the fact that she is low-key famous. <laughs> she's needs, low-key famous. Yeah, apparently needs, so. 24 years old, needs security everywhere she goes to keep people from getting too close to her. Really amazing. It's, it's, it's so cool Like that, that you're that famous that you're inspiring an entire generation. Obviously, 24 years old has won multiple Africa Women Cup of Nations. Scored in a World Cup. Barcelona player. Barcelona player. It's massive. And, and actually, you know, she, she got a lot of, of grief for wanting to play football. And then she got a lot of grief for, for going to play in China 
And just like on the men's side, people were saying, just like any of these big name men that are going to China, their careers are basically over. And she went there, dominated, came back, and now she's, you know, continuing to play at a high level. Obviously, she's young enough, but so young. but it was always seen as like the Chinese move was always seen as like a career killer in, yeah. in a lot of ways because you become less relevant, you're less in the media, and those types of things. But shh, do you think do you think um, it's a similar thing with the men's player moving to the states to play from the Premier League? Because mm-hmm. Ashley Cole's come back and now he's playing for Derby under Frank Lampard, who was his old teammate at Chelsea, but he's his manager now playing against Aston Villa in a playoff with John Terry, also an old Chelsea player, the same team as an assistant coach, which is, but actually Cole's still on the pitch playing. Yeah. And everyone thought, you know, when you go to the States, that's like, you know, that's sort of the end. Yeah, I think it's changed now in the States. I think we're past the era of sort of the David Beckham era of bringing mm. the players at the sunsetting of their careers. And we're starting, yeah, we have Wayne Rooney. Yeah, we have Zlatan both on the, the, the older end, but... The, the league is attracting more of the young players out of South America, the ones that are being sort of offered major contracts from big clubs in Europe and saying, let's let's take them in and increase the quality of the league. So that perspective is shifting, but Ashley Cole's a, you know, he's a smart player and as his legs start to go, he's still got the brain and the eyes to yeah. be able to play yeah. on uh, forever. And he could play in a number of positions. It just so happened that he was a fullback. Yeah, and f- but for the women's game it's completely opposite. So women go over there because it's a great move if you want to go to university. It's a great move because the game's very physical in the states and their setup is amazing. So like the differences is is quite quite uh different. Yeah, and I think aspirationally obviously on the men's side they they want to get to a point where they are an attractive league for anyone especially at the peak of their career and they come for the quality not just for the quality of life because obviously, you know, I, there was a thing I think it was Robert Perez or something had made a comment like 10 years ago that was Philadelphia had just come in the league and he was like, I would never go to a place like Philadelphia. But Philadelphia is an unbelievable city. Like mm. when you think about that compared to where Viv Midema is from, uh, Heronveen, which is a town of 15,000 people, like Philadelphia is a few million people. It's a very cool city, cultured city with so much going on. But in his mind, this just assumption that if you're not in New York or LA, there's nothing right. for you. Yeah. Uh, or Miami, these are like the three places that Europeans want to go to and maybe Chicago. But outside of that, it's like, oh, the rest is just, you know. Irrelevant almost. Yeah, irrelevant. Yeah. Trump voters <laughs> is like the assumption. But it is a, de- it is a destination. Obviously, been some insecurities with, with the leagues on the women's side that we're starting to see more and more sponsorship yeah. go in to create a lot more foundation, which is one of, I guess, the pillars of, of what FIFA is trying to work towards is build a, a stronger foundation for women's leagues across the world so that it's not teams folding and things like that. But we sort of set a baseline and continue to watch it grow safely and, and, and strategically over time. Is it the Boston Breakers they fo- folded a good while back? And they had some amazing players on their team at, at, around the time they folded, I think. I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure it was before my time, but um, that was evident of that sort of era, I guess. Yeah, I, I th- they had a lot of national team players. Yeah, a lot right? of national team I mean, players, yeah. Th- it, that was still during a period where we're seeing this massive growth right now in, in European leagues. Um, and the Champions League is a massive thing. Uh, you know, you have Sweden, you have Germany, you have Spain now now coming through, putting a lot more infrastructure into their their domestic leagues. But before that, it was truly one of the only leagues that existed on a professional yeah. level. Yeah. So when you have a team like Boston is, it's going to be full of the best players in the world, national team players, international superstars. And when it folds, it's 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 a massive detriment, right? Exactly. Um, and we're going to move into an inside score with what should have one of the or the best player in the world, 
um, but doesn't. But there's plenty to talk about with that team and uh, Ellie has done a smashing job. With a ranking of 12 that doesn't do justice to their abilities, Norway qualified for France in emphatic style, winning every game but one and topping one of the hardest qualifying groups ahead of European winners, Holland. With the women's game in rude health on the back of huge developments back home, hopes for the grasshoppen, as they're known in Norway, will be to replicate the 91 World Cup run where they went all the way to the final, if not the 1995 campaign where they went on to win it all. But when it comes to Norway, here's what you really need to know. Inside Inside School. From Chelsea defensive duo Marin Mielder and Maria Thoris Dotti to Silky Wolfsburg winner Caroline Graham Hansen to Rosengard striker Lisa Marie Utland, who scored the second most goals in all of qualifying, Norway is covered with world-class quality on every corner of the pitch. But despite this, all the talk around Norway leading into the tournament has been about a player that isn't in the squad. But that's because it's not just any old player who's not going. It's the world's best, officially the inaugural women's Ballon d'Or winner, Ada Hegerberg. The 23-year-old, who finished off her season with a 17-minute hat-trick in the Women's Champions League final against Barcelona, which of course secured her third consecutive Champions League medal, refuses to play for her country this summer, in protest over how she perceives the Norwegian women's game to be treated. However, only months after Hegerberg's decision, the Norwegian Football Association and the Norwegian Players Association teamed up to create history by signing off on football's first ever equal pay agreement that will see all international senior male and female players paid the same wages, with Norway's male players agreeing to take a wage cut to help achieve the parity. But despite all of this, Hegerberg continued to turn down selection, stating her reasoning wasn't only financially based, which left many scratching their heads, including USA stars Heather O'Reilly and Alex Morgan, who took to Twitter to state their own confusion, as well as Norway's coach, Martin Schroggen, who told the media they had tried to solve things, but for some reason, she decided not to play. But whilst Hegerberg is the only Norwegian who refrained from selection this summer, this whole saga isn't a first for Norwegian women's football, as 10 years ago, five other players also turned down selection, citing the manager of then-coach Bjorn Bertsen, as well as the absence of Takoide. Whilst Hegerberg has never had to deal with Bertsen, who left the setup before she arrived, the Lyon star also cited the lack of Takoide as one of the reasons for her absence. Roughly translated as room to express oneself, Takoide was best summarised recently by a Norwegian TV commentator who when discussing the Hegerberg matter said, in Norway, we all like that everyone should drink milk and eat crackers and be the same. That's because Norway, like the rest of Scandinavia, are strong advocates for the law of Jonta, a code of conduct that portrays doing things out of the ordinary, being overtly personally ambitious or not conforming as unworthy and inappropriate. But despite being Norwegian, such a mentality is foreign to a player like Hegerberg, whose ambitious nature took her out of Norway to play in Germany early on in her life and whose strong-willed character has already led to the biggest individual accolade in the game. Exactly when or if Hegerberg ever returns to the international stage remains a mystery to all, but evidently frustrated by the media circus which has overshadowed a brilliant qualification campaign and lead up to the tournament, the Norwegian players who are heading to France have publicly stated that they'd be unlikely to welcome the three-time Champions League winner back without a heartfelt apology. But it isn't all doom and gloom in Norwegian women's football, as there's one name getting more attention than Hegerberg, Martin Odegaard, and even Ole Gunnar Solskjaer combined. And believe it or not, it's a female football manager, Helena Mikkelsen, coach of Vargaef. The fictional Vargaef, I should add. Mikkelsen is the protagonist of Heimbane, a hugely successful Norwegian TV program 
now into its second season that has been revered by viewers and critics alike. The show follows the ups and downs of Mickelson's time as the first female coach of a male Premier League team, where Helena struggles at work to impose her voice in a male-dominated environment, but also at home as a single mother. Hainbane also notably stars the country's most capped international, John Kuru, who is receiving plenty of plaudits for his role as a journeyman player coming to the end of his career. But the real star of the show is the actress behind Mickelson, Andal Torp, who upon discovering the initial script had been changed to make the tough no-nonsense Helena more likeable to audiences, demanded a revert to the original script. Torp said in one interview, It upset me so bad, I was shaking. I took it personally and demanded the whole rewriting. The scripts were changed back and the rest is history, with the show winning multiple accolades at the Gururten, the country's premier TV award show. And now the show has been syndicated to several different countries. And even Solskjaer are being seen donning a Helena Mickelson wig in honour of the TV star. And as encouraging as it is that a pair of strong females are at the centre of Norwegian football at the moment, hopefully with a deep cup run as expected, all the talk in Norway this summer will be centred around the grasshopping. Inside, inside school. It's going to be a good game. Yeah. I think. Such interesting information, though, that Ellie seems to find. I don't know where he gets this info. I mean, it's obviously just, you know, the internet and articles and stuff like that. But I saw him the other day and he was just like, I've recorded them all. I was so excited to hear them. Yeah. And like you said, I haven't even heard all of them. I'm hearing them as you guys are. So, yeah. It's interesting, you know, the thing that he mentioned called the the Yuntala. Mm. And when I lived in Copenhagen... I had learned about that. And it was one of the things that Nicholas Bentner had gotten in so much trouble with back in Denmark because he was such a bold, outlandish character yeah. uh, that they like you to be quiet, right? And, and it sort of, it, it really translates to like, who do you think you are? Like you're not better than, no one's better than anyone, which um, is an argument for, uh, for socialism breeding mediocrity. But I'm just kidding. I'm just <laughs> kidding about that. No, but it's, it, it was just more like I had done an interview there that was like, I want to play for, for AC Milan someday. I want to play for, for a big club like Barcelona someday. And it was a giant spread in Copenhagen's like biggest newspaper. And it was this massive deal. And I was just like sharing ambition, like generally, like I want to go on to do something great and achieve personal yeah. goals. And it was like taken and spun into this whole thing of like, what an arrogant kid i was like 20 years old you know and it's just things you didn't say you don't share those types of ambitions because not outwardly and you don't show any sort of like overt confidence or or arrogance and that's exactly what they're talking about with this uh law of yunto or, or the um, what's the other word that he had used in there but yeah the yunto law it's like a scan very scandinavian thing it's not a real law but it's like yeah. more of a a way of life that that um that you have to follow like a tall poppy syndrome sort of thing they just cut you down yeah. If you're too big for your boots. But then like, what, what, is, is, what, what is, is that too, exactly? What is too big? For, tall poppy syndrome is the, that exact thing, basically. Like if anyone gets too big for their boots, they get cut down. Right. But like, what is that exactly? What is too big for your boots? Because if you're just expressing like something that you want to do or your ambitions, to me, that's just a go-getter. Yeah. The way that I took it was very much in like this American sports context of like the quarterback on an American football team right. being that like when <laughs> you interview true. them, they're always just like, yeah, the team played really well. Uh, you know, we've got a fantastic staff of coaches here and uh, I couldn't do it without anyone. And like, they're like the best player in the world. And that's like their answer. It's never like, yeah, I had a really good match today or like, it's no I, it's always like we, and you right. know, right. It was written in a way that was just like, this guy has some ambition and almost like laughable right. of like one unrealistic or two, like striving a little bit 
too high. Too which okay, ah, it was on. fair. I did, but like it was more of goal setting than anything. It wasn't like it was. It was aspirational. It wasn't like I. I was like I'm gonna. Uh, perhaps I did say I'm gonna play for AC. And you know what? Did you? I did. Say did you that. say that? Can we dig just, this out somewhere? Yeah, is this, I, I, is this I, footage available? It's too bad the internet doesn't have any history because otherwise mm-hmm. you'd be able to find it. But it, it's definitely somewhere out there where I just said, uh, someday I'm going to play for AC Milan or uh, somebody like that. Uh, and <laughs> Someone it was more of just like a, a confidence in, in my career and what I was trying to accomplish. Uh, but it was spun into this way of like, you don't speak like that. Right, yeah. right. I don't know. I bet that was a bit of like a, a sort of eye opener for you being young and being in the press like that. Back then, this was pre-social media. I mean... Yeah. Yeah, you had MySpace and you had uh, other platforms, but it wasn't like a sharing thing. You didn't have Twitter that you could go in and give, say, this is my version of the story or on the back of that, this is how I feel, which, which players now have uh, that sort of vehicle to say, no longer allow uh, print or, or, or clubs or anyone to, to, to control the narrative because they now have their own voice to however many people to say, no, no, this is my version of the story as yeah. opposed to the newspaper being the gospel as it was then. Hey, I've got some um, days by numbers. Is that, is that what we call it? Yeah. What do we call it? Whatever you want to call oh, it. Numbers. It's a quiz show. It's a welcome to the quiz show. Our own version <clears throat> of Family Feud. Yeah, Family We call it in the UK Family Fortune. Okay. But we can do, do that. Well, Does we have, have Wheel of Fortune shown? in the US. We have that too. Okay, wow. Oh, we need a big wheel in here. Bring That'd people be funny in. if we spun it every day and there was some random topic you had to answer a question yeah. to that made everyone uncomfortable. Producer Lucy, get it done. Soraya, get it done. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the first number is the number nine. Mm. The number nine would be, is that Ooh. how many World Cups there's been? No, that's eight. This okay. is the eighth, I think. Okay. Well, I have trouble counting. So n- nine would be uh, the number uh, that every best striker in the world is wearing. <laughs> Probably true, but no, it's the, the amount of host cities that France has. Oh, I knew World that. Cup. Le Havre, Rennes, Paris, Reims. Excuse me on my extraordinarily bad French accent on the next four cities. Valenciennes, is that right? <laughs> Valenciennes. Valenciennes. <laughs> if you just say oh, on the end of everything, not to, not to, oh, I'm, I'm not oh, trying to disrespect Lyon. anybody. Oh, no, that does work. It's a safe bet, Lyon. Nice, Grenoble, and Montpellier. Yeah, did I get it right? <laughs> Montpellier. Montpellier. Oh, oh, yeah, you did me on that uh, one. Je mate. suis uh, <laughs> français. Uh, you said uh, say on at the end of every one. Yeah. Didn't work. It's a on safe that one. bet. Okay, one nine nine eight. Like nineteen ninety eight. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, four numbers. It's like an actual like puzzle now. One nine nine eight. Yeah is the number to call uh, for emergency in France. No. It it was 1998, so give it another crack. Okay. Uh, 1998. Uh, the year that France hosted and won a World Cup. Yes, it is. Linked to that. So the men's, the men's World Cup was yeah. 1998, like you said. Um, it is also the year that the mascot was born then, the last French mascot called Footix, mm-hmm. who is the father of this year's mascot for the Women's World Cup, who's called Etty, and she's a chicken. Etty, so it's a adopted father? Um, biological? I think biological, but yeah. I don't want to get into too much detail because, yeah. you know, I don't want to get the family in trouble. We don't want to get into family affairs family on this feuds. show. Yeah. Okay, two more for you. Okay. 206. 206. 206, uh, 206 yep. is the... Uh, highway that connects uh, <laughs> uh, no. Mi- no no it is 
the amount of broadcast rights that uh, FIFA hold for this World Cup, which is a record amount. Is that a good thing or a... Anytime you say broadcast no rights idea. and FIFA, I just start getting real nervous. It's just a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. Someone's making money. Someone's making dough. Yeah. But it's the most that um, has ever been for a World Cup. Give it back to the players. And the people. And the people. Yeah. Um, okay. That's 18. A good, that's a fun fact. 18. 18. Yeah. Uh, the legal age of drinking in France. I think it might be younger. Oh, if, God. You, if a glass of wine, you can have a glass of wine at dinner just a at any vin. age. Only one though. Un petit vin. Un petit vin. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're very Un forward. That's why everyone loves Okay, one. that makes sense. Um, no, it is the number of reviews that Football Inside Out has so far on Apple. So if you want to leave one... 18! Do, do, do we get any... Uh, is there any uh, re, uh, like uh, stars? Five stars, any? baby. All of them? All of them. Oh, Five stars. Woo! Wow! Sellout in front of another sellout crowd of 18 people. <laughs> so that's it for today. Uh, Football Inside Out will be back tomorrow. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast or wherever you listen to podcasts so you can never miss an episode. And if you've enjoyed it, please leave a review number 19. And again, get in touch with us because we'd love to hear from you. Send us emails and voice notes to footballinsideout at copa90.com. We'd love to share your thoughts on the show. Keep them positive, keep them PG so that we can not be PG ourselves. Use that <laughs> bad time to be bad ourselves but yeah tweet us using the hashtag copa 90 inside out that's it for us today see you tomorrow bye copa 90 football inside out acast powers the world's best podcasts here's a show that we recommend hi i'm una chaplin and i'm the host of a new podcast called hollywood exiles it tells the story of how my grandfather, Charlie Chaplin, and many others were caught up in a campaign to root out communism in Hollywood. It's a story of glamour and scandal and political intrigue and a battle for the soul of a nation. Hollywood Exiles from CBC Podcasts and the BBC World Service. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.